Almighty God, what, what an awesome day. God, every day that we can worship you is an awesome day. But God, this is like a day of all days. Father, we come to celebrate you. We come to worship you. We come to praise your name. God, we stand in awe that you have allowed us to be in your presence. Father, we thank you for the gift and the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior brought. Lord, if this moment, if the birth of your son, if you would have never ordained that, we're all doomed. But because you did ordain it, you did send your son, uh, we can have life through him. So, Father, help us to understand. Help us to celebrate that today. Father, help all other things to be out of our minds and hearts. I pray today will be a day that we simply focus upon, think about, remember, and worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, all glory and honor is yours. We thank you again for allowing us to have this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. So good to see you today. Merry Christmas. You know, you, you wait like, what? 12 months to get to say that. I say, let's say it throughout the year. I think we ought to go around in July and wish people Merry Christmas. Amen? I mean, Jesus doesn't quit being Lord and Savior in July, right? Okay. Thank you. Um, so anyway, today's going to be a little different. I, I say a little different. I have never, never uh, been able to accomplish a perfect Christmas message. Um, and so today won't be any different, but I do tell you this, uh, I'm not here to preach a perfect Christmas message. We are here to celebrate the birth of our King and our Lord. Amen. So today was going to look like this. We're we going to, uh, I actually didn't put this in my notes, but I am going to read uh, chapter two of Luke uh, to about the I think it's down to about the eighth verse. And then I want to share some notes, share some thoughts with you. And uh, a very simple question uh, from a very simple thing that is said during the Christmas season. And uh, I thought it interesting. Uh, I've, I've watched a couple arguments. And that's what I call them, arguments online about when Christ was born. Was he, hey, this is a good one. Was he actually laid on hay or straw? Okay. Uh, was he actually in a manger? Was he actually in a barn? Was, was he actually, uh, you know, was it cold that night? Just crazy things. And I'm like, you know, these folks, the focus of who Christ is has been removed from their thinking. They're going to twist and turn in this argument, and they're going to miss celebrating the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a shame. So let's read this. This uh, passage of Scripture is in chapter 2 of Luke. Read this, and then I'll go through a, a few notes. And, and, uh, and, on. and by the way, I, I just needed to say this. How great of an opportunity has God allowed us today to come to church and worship? Amen? I mean, in my thinking, you know, you hear all kinds of things. The reason for the season is Jesus. Um, um, you know, we celebrate Christ. This is all about Him. And to get to come and worship together is is phenomenally awesome. And um, so I, I guess what I'm saying, um, if you're not in church, you should have went. Can I just say that? You should have went and worshiped the king. So here we go. Let's, let's, let's uh, 
read this. Chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the, fir, uh, the first registration when, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, I think it's Cornelius, was governor of Syria. And all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him at the inn or in the inn. So um, <clears throat> first thing I want us to see, God's timing is impeccable, right? Not only impeccable, God's timing is perfect. I don't want us to miss that. Jesus could have uh, came any time during history. He could have had, it could have been like Genesis 3, and Jesus could have came, but, but, but God, for whatever reason, his perfection, his sovereignty, God sent his son at this particular time. And so that within itself is, is amazing. But I want to share this with you. Um, this was a question that got me stirring on what to bring today. And uh, the question was, why was Jesus born in a manger? And so I'm going to read some notes, I'm going to read some scripture, I'm going to say some things, but you got to hang on to the very end, okay? Because I don't want you to miss, I don't want you to miss what I know God did and I know God is doing and I know God did it for a reason or purpose. I want to share those reasons. Why did he come as a manger? Because if anybody can ever claim the title of royalty, it's Jesus. He's true royalty. He is true majesty. But look what he does. So here, this got questions for Dardor. I just want to read a couple of things from him. Um, said, it is a common saying at Christmas time that Jesus was born in a manger. I love this. It's kind of lighthearted. He was born in a manger. Of course, he, it wasn't possible for him to, to actually be born in a manger, but that's where Mary laid him after his birth. We just read uh, verse 7 of Luke 2. Although we are not sure of the exact location, you want to blow some people's heads up? Say that, because they will. you can keep them busy the rest of their life. Hang with me. We're not sure of the exact location of where Jesus was born. We do know, we do know that he, it was near Bethlehem. And that was a, there was a manger or a feeding trough there. God promised the Savior's birth uh, or Savior's virgin birth immediately after mankind's fall. So put up Genesis 3.15. You want to, I've, I've had this conversation with people, you want to see when Jesus started heading the way or heading the way towards walking on the earth? It starts way back at the beginning of the word of God. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her, or her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Of course, he's talking about what Satan is going to do there. But uh, I like the, uh, the translation that says he's going to crush your head. Amen. He's going to crush. And I'm going to tell you now, <laughs> from the birth to the cross to the tomb, empty tomb, he crushed the head of Satan. He rendered him powerless, rendered him powerless. He has no power. So don't forget that. <clears throat> so he came. Uh, Genesis 3.15, we just read, 
Micah even foretold of the birth of Christ in Micah 5, 2. Let's read that. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among clans of uh, Judah, from all uh, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from God, from the coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And Jesus is foretold. Uh, people who say the Old Testament is irre- uh, irrelevant. Can I just stress the irrelevant? People who stress. The, the Old Testament's relevant, right? If you want to understand the New Testament, if you want to understand the Old Testament, you need to read both Testaments. It all goes together. It all goes together. So you need to, to read these things because here Jesus, this is what he's saying, he's, he's coming. He's coming. So he goes on, the prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus, earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, were called to Bethlehem for a census of the entire Roman territory. While there, uh, while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Jesus to be born. God even orchestrated that the night. Uh, I went out on, out on my little Christmas Eve walk last night, and it was cold, so the sky was really clear. And uh, and and I, every year you think about what the shepherds standing in the field because I got a field that I can stand in. <laughs> you standing there and you think about the 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 announcement of the Christ coming to earth and uh it's really uh it's breathtaking it is it is overwhelming to think about that moment and and the, and the way that the shepherds are you know a little jealous cuz you know, they got to see something that nobody else really ever seen is these angels coming professing and claiming the good news or that were at least was the first hey the king is coming because of the crowds uh, let's keep going uh, yeah because of the crowds they were they had come uh, to Bethlehem. There was no room for them in the inn. I, I found this pretty interesting. This is one reason I want to read this. Um, so there was no room in the inn for Mary and Joseph. While tradition uh, says that the inn is sort of a hotel, we don't know for sure. In fact, the Greek, uh, yeah, we don't know for sure, but in fact, the Greek word translated inn could be translated guest room. The fact has led some believe uh, some to believe that Jesus may not have been born in a stable or a barn. We're grabbing this. <gasps> he may not have been born in a stable or a barn. Just hang with me. Hang with me. Um, so, <clears throat> where was that? Oh, but in a house with a lower floor serving as a nighttime shelter for families and animals. If that were the case, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising to find a manger located in the area of the house. When Luke states that there was a room in in the in the it's called catataluma, which means in the guest room, uh, he could mean that there was no room in the upper level, which would have been full of other people sleeping. Any case, in any case, Jesus was born at night in some sort of keeping place for animals. Now think about it. I got animals and I can tell you right now, I fed them this morning and it wasn't a pleasant smelling place to go, right? And and so you think about God sent the king of the world to an animal shelter. Now it ain't like our animal shelters today, right? It wasn't climate control, I promise you. This was a 
let's just say what it was. It was a it was like a, a barn, and they're drafty, stinky, and cold. So after Jesus was delivered, his mother wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger. Later that same night, shepherds from the nearby fields found him just as the angels told them they would. Just like it. God didn't, the angel shared the message, this is how you're going to find him, this is what you're going to see. And so it was exactly, exactly like that. So why, and, and, and this, this is the nutshell here, that's why I don't want you to hang with me. So why was the Savior and King born in a place where animals were kept? And why was, they, uh, was, then, lay, why was then laid in the animal's food trough? Surely God's Son, a high-profile birth, uh, deserved a high-profile birth in the most elegant surroundings. But instead, God sends His Son, uh, his, his, his appearance on earth, he came of the low, lowest circumstances. This humble birth conveys an amazing message. Now, here's where, because we, we, we're going to wind up here in just a second. Here's where I started thinking about all those who were debating, who were thinking, well, he was born in a manger. No, he wasn't in a manger. It was actually in a feed trough. Well, you know what a feed trough is? It's a manger. You know what a manger is? You can put feed in a manger, okay? So that kills that argument. Well, was he born at night? Well, was he born during the daytime? Well, the Bible, I'm just going to take the Bible's word for it. He was born at night, right? Okay? That, that's, that's what I'm going I'm to choose to believe, that he was born and it was cold and merry, and, you know, it, just like the angel said. Was he born in September, August, July, December, January? You know, you, you, can, you can do these time things and you can look at them and, and you know, it's not, I don't think he was born on the 24th of December. Okay. Um, but he, but he was born. So, uh, which month, which day? I don't know if Joseph had, Joseph had a timepiece. They probably were still using sundials back in the day. So I don't know exactly. Was he born at ten forty five? Was he born at nine thirty five? What was when was he born? Okay, so we got we got that argument. But I want to I want to go on and, and and share one thing that actually matters. It actually matters. I'll go on and read this. This humble way that God sent his son, the transcendent God, condescend, condescended to come to us. He came to us. That's something you can use in worship today. He came to us instead of coming to earth as a pampered, privileged ruler. Jesus was born in meekness and one of us. So let me wind up this way. <laughs> If Jesus would never have come wrapped in human flesh, you and I would have no idea, no idea how to view God, how to see God, and how to see the holiness of God. He was God in the flesh. He was holy. He was righteous. He was tempted, yet never sinned. We got a whole book that talks about Jesus that God has so graciously given to us to help us to see who God is, at least to the degree of he allows us in human thinking, to see who God is. The Spirit of God lives in those who he has called to help us understand what God is saying. So he came in, in, in all that way. So let me just say this. He came in such a way that he is approachable. He is approachable. He's not only approachable, he is accessible. Remember on the cross, 
All this ties together, guys. Manger, cross, empty tomb. Remember on the cross when the veil was torn? Gave those who belong to Christ can go before the throne of God. You can walk into the throne of Almighty God because of what Jesus, so he's accessible. He's available. Anybody ever went to God in prayer, got on your knees or got face down and said, oh, Lord, and he says, shut up just a minute. I'm busy. I'll get to you in just a second. No, you never have and you never will. He's always available. He can be taking care of all the millions of people on the face of the earth and still have an abundance of time to hear you and to communicate and commune with you. So he's available. No palace gates bar the way to him. He's approachable. You can go to him. No ring of guards prevents our approach. The king of kings came humbly, and his first bed was a manger. So here's the point of my whole Christmas message. When was he born? What time was he born? Where was he born? Where did he lay? Was the clothes blue because he was a boy? Or were they just white? Uh, what was this? Stop. Okay? Stop. The only thing we need to know about Jesus is he came. He came. Now, I'm not saying the rest of the, you know, learn about the manger. Hey, that's a great study. Go and knock yourself out. But what we should be celebrating, what we should be worshiping, no matter the date, the month, because uh, I've been in this conversation before, you know, Jesus wasn't actually born in December. And my response to that, maybe not. Oh, well, he wasn't. I don't care. You know what matters? He was born. He was born. Christ came to earth. Merry Christmas to us. Christ came to earth. He was born just as God said he would be, exactly where he would be. He told the shepherds to the angels, go and see. They went and seen. This is exactly like the angels had revealed to them. There was the king of kings, lord of lords, laying in straw, pine straw, wheat straw. It don't matter. He was laying in a manger, the king of kings, lord of lords, God on earth. Emmanuel had come to us. Praise God. So celebrate Christmas by giving God praise and glory that he came to us because there was no way we could ever go to him. That is only death. God, Emmanuel, came to us came to us. And then not only did he come to us, he lived a life to show us what is honoring to God, what is righteous, what is holy. He even said, he even said for those who are in Christ, you know, live, be holy. I don't feel like I can be holy without God. You can't. You can't. We can't even change anything in our life unless God changes it. Amen? It takes God, it takes Christ to change anything in me. I, had, I need Christ to walk in the way I need to walk. I need Christ to help me hear. I need Christ to help me speak. I need Christ for everything. I even need Christ for my next breath. He came. My encouragement 
Go talk about the months, the dates, the years. It Just knock yourself out. Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. While you're debating and arguing and talking about and discussing and all, don't miss Jesus. Because it don't matter. If he came in July, I praise God that he came in July. Simply praise God that he came. It's like the blind man. Remember Jesus talked about the blind man or the blind man. Jesus healed him. They want to know, was he sin? Jesus said, no, wasn't, wasn't he sin of him or his parents? And he kept telling us, well, how did you come to see? He said, he, put, he took his thumbs in my eyes. That's, that's what he done. Well, how did that work? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you're not going to be able to see if you don't know. That's a lie. I see. I was blind and now I see. And it's kind of every time I read that passage of scripture, I'm talking with somebody about, uh, I need to know more about God. I need, I need, you know what? If it was, if, if it was possible for you to know everything about God, you still wouldn't belong to him and you still wouldn't serve him and walk with him unless you had Christ. You can know everything there is about God, but without Christ, you're separated from God. That's it. That's the teaching of Scripture. Don't get tangled up in discussions. Let me say it. They're great. They're, they're fine. They're well. That's awesome. But don't miss God. I just had a conversation three weeks ago with a man that... Um, was wanting some questions answered. And about two questions in, I sensed and I knew, dude, we need to end this discussion because you're wasting my time and I'm going to waste your time. We just need to go. Because this, this isn't going anywhere. Um, he wanted to know all about God, and I told him the same thing. You know, we can, we can have all kind of knowledge. Knowledge is not what brings salvation. We, we, can, we can know the entire Bible. Well, I've read it. Well, that's cool. What, what, what is it saying? See, the problem is this for some. We want God. We want heaven. We want God to bless us. But we don't want God to interfere with us. That makes sense? We want God to bless us, but we don't want God to interfere with us. Let me tell you something. If God calls you to himself through Christ Jesus, He's going to ruin your life. Now, somebody just heard that and said, well, see, that's the reason I don't want to go out because he's going to ruin. You know, hear me. He's going to ruin your life. He's going to crush your life, your thoughts. When we come to Christ, he's going to make us new. And he's going to make us right according to him. And I truly, truly, truly want to celebrate Christmas today knowing that because of Christ, I am right. I'm screwed up but I am right in the eyes of God because of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing? It is, it is it something to celebrate that as God looks down to you, Christ is between us and he's looking through Christ. And Jesus would say, my blood has covered him. My blood has covered her. And so what he sees is who Christ is and what Christ has done. That's worth celebrating. That's worth celebrating. Don't forget to worship Him today. Worship Him. Worship Him. I got the, I got that plaque or board or whatever you want to call it hanging on my wall where I can see it 
when I come in my house. Love God first and love God most. Let me confess something to you. Some days I need to read that more than once. But that's it, isn't it? Love God first. Love Him most. Everything else will fall into place. So in ending or, or, or closing, I just want to say, God bless us, everyone. Praise God for our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God for this day. Praise God for families that He has given us to go and be with and to celebrate. Praise God for the, the food that we're all going to be gluttons at the end of the day. And you know what? You, you know. Praise God for all the provision. But praise God that Christ came. Amen. Praise God that Christ came. Worship that first. Let that encompass and surround you today. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let, let's pray. Father God, you are truly amazing. In fact, I don't know of any language on the face of the earth that it could even come up with a word to describe your majesty and how marvelous you are. So all we can say is, God, you are truly amazing. I thank you for Christ. I thank you for the opportunity to be called through him so that I may know you as my father. As my father. God, I pray that Christmas won't slip by us and just be a day. And then we can just start dreading it tomorrow because it's going to be back in 365 days. Father, please squash and crush that attitude, that perspective. I pray that the songs, I pray that the, the praise will be sang and will be spoke all year long. Christmas can be celebrated 365 days a year because Jesus Christ lives. He lives, and Father, I thank you for our Savior. I thank you for loving a sinful humanity enough to pay the ultimate price so that eyes can be opened and souls can be saved. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.